everyone, and welcome to Geek Rant, episode 224. Facebook follow-up, recorded January 24th, 2016, and brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the show where you can let your geek flag fly. That's the Geek Rant. We're glad to have you back with us. And I am your host, Mark, the Sultan of the Soapbox Cockerel. And joining me, as always, I can actually say that now, because they're all here, is Chris, the Command Line Godfather Neves, and Seth, the Gooey Kid Anderson. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, uh, Mark and Seth. It's great to be back. I hope you guys had a great time without me. And welcome to my humble abode, everyone. It is great to be here today. Yay. <laughs> if you're watching the live stream, Seth is having uh, technical difficulties. I think the audio is going to uh, come out so that nobody will notice the difference. But he's actually working off a little 10-inch tablet, uh, a Windows tablet. He's, he's uh, doing Microsoft Proud. Yeah, my uh, I went to turn on, you know, I have a laptop. I pretty much only use it for the podcast. I turned it on and it turned on and it turned on and it turned on. So I was like, okay, pull all the components, put them back in, same thing. So it's like crap. Well, I have a tablet, so I'm using that. Yay, tablet. I still say you should give Spinrite a try. You know, I might. Um, but like I say, even I can't even get into hitting F2 and it's like going into setup. It'll die again. So. And I'm digging the Ooh. groovy 1960s bookcase behind you there. It's, it gives you a very sophisticated look. And, and that bookcase is just some one buys that we built. So, <laughs> hey, if it works, it works. That's right. Um, I had I used to have a lot more of that stuff like that in my house. It's things I'd built, but I kind of stopped building things when I could start afford to buy buy things. Yeah, well, that's why it was built because we had no money and free labor so we built stuff and so the the reason there's a bookcase behind seth and not a uh, hammer hanging on a nail is that seth is podcasting from a new location Ooh, do tell well, one one time before i've recorded it but this is my house so i'm recording from my house because anyway just you know life is fun and so occasionally stuff happens and so this week and next week i'm recording from the great abode of anderson awesome on your newly upgraded bandwidth. Yes. Um, and so next week, with, by the next time we speak, you will have run your first 5K of the year, right? Well, I will have done it. I don't think <laughs> I'll be able to run. Be although I'm getting better. The last time, uh, Friday, when I ran, I did 20 laps, and I would do six laps running and then walk and then another six. And the last two, the last one of those, I, like, ran as hard as I could for the whole way. Um, so l probably mile, mile and a half that I actually ran. So my, I'm going to finish this one, and the one in February, I should be able to run all the way through. But, yes, Saturday, so a week from yesterday, my first 5K. Very cool. I'm, I'm That's awesome. I'm I'm looking forward to to uh, hearing how that progresses throughout the year. Yeah, I've got a T-shirt I made, um, Facebook.com slash Cellulite in Motion, and uh, I'm going to wear that. And who knows, I might get some likes from it. But. That's great. You are one of like three pages I've ever liked. I don't like things on Facebook ever, uh, and so you should feel proud. Cool. <laughs> Um, awesome. We uh, we made it through the great blizzard of 2016 here in Atlanta. It was touch and go there for a while. We got almost three quarters of an inch of snow, and uh, it was really rough. Uh, but fortunately, it melted by about three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, so we were fine. <laughs> oh, How many days on. of school did they close for that this year? <laughs> Two. I'm not kidding you. Um, they they closed <laughs> they closed Friday before one drop of even rain had fallen on Thursday night, and then they canceled all school act, uh, extracurricular activities on Saturday. So uh, my yeah. goodness, that just makes me sad. <laughs> I die inside a little bit every time you tell me that, Mark. You realize that, right? Well, you it's know. been snowing. It's been snowing almost all day today, and yeah, we'll still have school. We'll still have work. Uh, there won't be a thing changing tomorrow. Us. As I've pointed out many times before, here in the South, we have no infrastructure for that, and it's not worth the money to put in infrastructure. But yeah, they, uh, the the governor actually put out like a statewide announcement. Uh, well, I, at least North Georgia, I assume uh, he's the governor, but he uh, he said uh, we that he re re recommended that all businesses close in time to allow the streets to be emptied by three p.m. so that they could uh, run the salt 
and brine trucks because the stow was affected, expected to come in around four or five. Um, so, uh, we got to go home at two and, and work from home the rest of the day and everybody in the schools, uh, were letting out at noon and stuff. So it was, it was literally by government fiat that we all shut down because wow. they were, we were, we were expecting up to two inches of snow. That was the, the expectation. What we got personally at my house was we might've gotten two inches over the full course of it, but the only accumulation, cause the first several hours of it melted right away is we got about three quarters of an inch that actually accumulated. Huh. And then it melted by three. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's still like in the shadowy areas, there's still a few patches of it, but the streets were drivable by, well, the streets never stopped being drivable, uh, but the streets were clear by like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Uh, okay. I, I do have one other uh, super exciting announcement. The Zcast app, uh, probably soon to be renamed uh, because they, we found out there's another one. Anyway, the uh, the show that started out as the Element OP app, uh, and the, or excuse me, the Everyday Linux app, and then became the Zcast app uh, and has been available on my website exclusively, is now available in the Play Store. So it is Very no cool. longer a closed beta. It is now a public beta, still considered beta, but you can go to uh, the, the Play Store and search for Zcast. Um, and we, I'm super excited about it. It is stable enough. Uh, actually, I kind of had to talk Kaiser into to doing it. Uh, he, he still wanted to uh, take things a little slower, but I, I'm ready to, to go. And, and so it's out there. I've downloaded it. If you've downloaded the version from my uh website the the ids have changed and stuff because of reasons um so you'll probably end up having to redo your your podcast cache uh but it's it's there and, and we're right now uh it doesn't offer import or export you can just search and add but that's the next feature to be added so um that's what i'm hoping will be the sort of the killer app guys like me who have a hundred different feeds or more can export those and suck them right into zcast and then um have them sorted by, you know, commentable and non-commentable. So those are the things that are coming, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm a proud papa. I've given birth to an app and like a it's dad, cool. uh, I did like five minutes of work giving the ideas and somebody else did all the rest of it. So it's really a good analogy. Kaiser, Kaiser's the mom. He did the labor uh, part of it. I just, uh, you know, uh, was there at the beginning and then handed out cigars. <laughs> it's, cool. It should be cool. I, I can't wait to try it again for the fifth time or something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you warned us chris that we're there might be some uh unusual noises coming from you and that not to worry about it you're not holding anybody captive at this point that's right that's right we, there there's no one tied up in my basement at least not volunt unless it's voluntarily um but yeah we ended up getting a new puppy uh actually it's not a puppy puppy but it's a 10 month old uh dog that we're currently breaking habits and adding new ones so it's it's been a long couple of weeks a couple of days but she's a cutie, so I, I, it's it's I'm happy. <laughs> well, that's cool. I'm excited about that. Uh, and I'm just gonna jump uh, straight over the news. We will have some news coming up uh, later, uh, but I want to get straight to this. Show is going to be a follow up on the whole Facebook uh, show that we did earlier, um, where we were talking about the guy who lost his job ostensibly because of some uh, comments. To, uh, that he made on Facebook, and because I forgot to plug in my mixer, and the next thing I have to do is play a, a uh, an audio file. Seth, recap the story for us. Okay, well, you know, we talked, and this has been a few weeks ago now, where this guy was, or this woman did an article on Facebook, and what she talked about really wasn't important, but this guy who was a manager at an apartment complex um I didn't so much attack her article as he called her a slut and she reached out to the apartment company who managed, who was like owns the apartment and said, Hey, do you know that your employee's doing this? And so that company suspended him while they investigated uh, him and then they fired him. Uh, and the only reason we know is that because, you know, from his personal um, Facebook account. He didn't do it from, you know, his apartment complex account, from his personal account. He called somebody a slut and then he got fired for it. At least that's the story uh, from the Daily Beast. Our first voicemail is from our friend Aaron. Hey guys, uh, Aaron here, of course. Love the new show title, uh, G Cramp. That's a, that's a cool title. Um, wanted to chime in. 
about the, uh, the the man who was fired from a Facebook post. I was just curious, Mark, especially since you were the one most uh, cranting, if if the person had been standing in line at Chick Fil A in their full on UPS garb, hat, shorts, shirt, all duty brown, shoes, and they had told the person in front of them that they were uh, bleeping bleep de bleep. And somebody else had heard that and reported them. They're off work, but they're in uniform. Would that matter? Are they still, you know, free from employment repercussions? Because the guy, and the only reason I'm tying that in is because the guy had his current place of employee publicly displayed on his Facebook profile, which was, I'm trying to draw somewhat of an analogy between wearing your company shirt out and about, something like that. Just curious what you thought. See you guys. All right. And I love the fact that Aaron was the first uh, commenter on the the new show since he was a former host. Um, and I, there's there's three things here that sort of all go together. So that's Aaron's comment. We have another one from our friend, the door-to-door geek, and then another one from Mark B. I want to do those in rapid fire because they all go together, and then we'll discuss all three of them at once. So sure. now let's hear what Door has to say. Hello, Mark. Hello, Steph. Uh, very good episode number one of Geek Rant, a.k.a. 300 and whatever of uh, Everyday Linux. So a good episode, very good episode. I figured George Gordon Geek should be the first person sending you a voicemail on this new show. Um, I'm just happy you guys are continuing on great content. Uh, uh, Mark's emotion was very apparent on that show. Honestly, to help make it a really good show. Um, great back and forth. Keep it up. The only comment I have is I have to just technically disagree with one part of what Mark said. Saying something to somebody else in a public forum is not the same as typing something on a web server that's visible to all. It's recorded in history. That would be like if I was able to walk in that food court and just step in the right spot and hear you say it again, even though it's been days and weeks and months. So it's slightly different. It's not any better or worse. It's just slightly different. But either way, I really hope the guy did do something more than that to get fired, because if not, that was really stupid. Uh, Keep up the great work, and I'll keep listening to you guys. Each and every week. All right. So Aaron's point is that uh, the the association with the employer was a problem. And uh, Dor says that the problem is that it's not so much what he said uh, or where he said it or his association with the employer, but the fact that online is permanent. And uh, listener Mark B. sort of combines both of these arguments into one. He says, Dear Element OP Crew, During the Sultan's rant about the man getting fired for making a derogatory comment on Facebook, Mark compared posting comments online to being overheard at a mall food court. I don't think this is a fair comparison due to the fact that anyone with a Facebook account can look a public comment up, i.e. unless someone invents a time machine and can rewind what happens at a public place, only the people there can witness what has happened. Any word of mouth is hearsay and can be repeated in error. I don't agree that he should have been fired. However, the comparison isn't close enough to be valid, in my opinion. You are right that in the U.S. we have freedom of speech of, of the per the Constitution. However, that doesn't mean we don't have to deal with repercussions, even though political correctness traps my rear, chaps my rear. Uh, this is why I no longer use Facebook, and I rarely treat, tweet anything. It's not worth the hassle, in my opinion. Those are my two cents I'd like to share. Thanks for the podcast. I've been listening to every one of them. Keep up the good work. Sincerely, Mark B. in Tennessee. So I have some comments that I want to make about that, but I'll let you guys go first. Uh, just sort of synthesizing those three, that uh, that in-person is different than than online and that uh, online is permanent and in-person isn't and that the association with the employer is the problem regardless of where that employee is and what they do. So, uh, Chris, you go first. What are your thoughts just, just off the top of your head on those three combined arguments? Well, I think they're all kind of not a good argument uh in this particular in this particular um instance uh i think the guy should not have been fired at all because of the it was done on his personal page um not in a public fashion so and uh yes everything that aaron and door and, and mark b say i mean those are 
they're, they're not attacking the problem. They're attacking the way your, your analogies to it, which I kind of agree with the, your analogy isn't completely exact, but it's, it's as close as we can get without trying to really nitpick. Um, I, I don't know what else to say about it. I think that the, the fact that he got fired on his private page saying something is just like if somebody wrote it up on a telephone pole. There's no difference. It's in, it's, yes, it isn't written. It is written, but it should not, you know, I wouldn't expect Mark to fire me because I said something about him in a private conversation or in a private, uh, at a dance club. You know, that's, Oh, I would, brother. If I hear you say anything bad about me, you're out of here. You're gone. Uh, too late. <laughs> So, uh, uh, Seth, what are your thoughts? Well, I did not think about the fact that he had listed on his webpage that he was an employee there. So, you know, that's like on my Facebook page, I don't have where I work. You know, I mean, I'm friends with some of the people I work with, but I don't have, I'm an employee of whatever. Um, I don't even like the company page. So from that, you know, that gives a little weight if somebody is saying, they're an employee and in the same venue they declare themselves an employee they make a statement such as that then you could argue the point that they willingly place themselves under any type of um, morality clause by claiming an employment with the company in the same venue they made this statement so from that standpoint it gives the company letting him go a little bit more strength, but again, I mean, I don't think he was a good employee to begin with, or he wouldn't have got fired over something like that. Yeah, yeah there's probably more to the story than what he we're actually being told. Uh, maybe he was a public relation nightmare, and that just was kind of the top, the tipping of the iceberg. But as far as my personal beliefs on what you can and can say in in public, or in in this case on Facebook or Twitter. Um, you know, it's that whole idea. If you, you get what you put out there, and if you're putting out negativity, you're going to get negativity back, and that's what ended up with this guy. Um, I just don't think it's right that it was Facebook that got him fired. But I've no, I've known of another case uh, here in my hometown where the same thing happened. Uh, a bartender made comments about the o- owner, uh, and the owner fired him uh, because of his comments on Facebook. Which, personally, I think it was totally not <laughs> appropriate but it's what happened yeah so um f- taking them in order so aaron's uh comment that when you are branded and, and i like i actually like that analogy right the the having the employer listed uh on your facebook page is very similar to wearing the company uniform in public um I, I, I can accept that analogy. I think that's fair. Uh, for in my Facebook page, I do list my employer, but only, it's only visible to my friends. Uh, it's not public. So that, you know, we could take that a little, uh, farther and say that I would only wear my, my uniform, you know, in a gathering of my friends. Um, so it would be unlikely for this person to, to be able to out me like that. Uh, but I, I don't think. I think we get into uh, uh, Mark B's comment when we talk about there uh, about free speech, right? And I, I was very careful not to invoke free speech. I did say uh, I did use the phrase his rights and defend his rights a couple of times. And what I was referring to that is is rights under uh, employment law, not rights under constitutional law, because um, the, the free speech, uh, the First Amendment has nothing to do with this entire this entire interaction. Uh, Americans like to throw around the freedom of speech thing and and the First Amendment uh, and and when it's completely inappropriate the free, the Freedom of Speech Act uh, the amendment says that uh, that Congress shall make no law abridging the right uh, to free speech or the execution thereof that's a that's a paraphrase I can't quite remember the exact of it uh, but it's close uh, so in this case there is no law involved and in fact I think that. Um, were uh, the employer to uh, employee to go and try to to make a free speech case on this no court would even hear the the case it just doesn't fit right. so that's my fault for being a bad communicator i use the word rights and i use the word defending his rights uh but i was thinking much more in terms of uh, of employee rights under us employment law um so my my fault for not being clear on that i know that uh, what the what the first amendment is and i try to stay away from invoking it when i shouldn't 
Um, and if I, if, if I didn't come off clear there, I apologize. Uh, but I, I do think it's interesting that, uh, you know, that goes on to Aaron's, uh, comment. Do I give up rights by putting on a uniform? I, that's a question. What, what do you think, Seth? I mean, you signed a contract of employment. So whether you give up rights or not, you voluntarily chose to lay down your personal rights to accept the benefits of employment of that company. So if you're acting in any office as that company or, you know, has an employee, then you would, then those rights that you agreed to would supersede whatever personal rights you have, I would think. So again, you know, I assume there's some employment contract. You promise not to defame the company or something like that. And you know, proclaiming yourself, hey, I'm an employee of this company and I think she's a slut. Well, then you brought the company into it because you said you were um, a part of that company. I, so I just want to point out that we were very careful not to use that word the last time and you've, you've used it twice already. Oh, <laughs> that, sorry. That's, I don't remember. That's it's been a while. Uh, but okay. uh, Chris, same question to you. When I put on a company uniform, do I abridge my rights voluntarily? I don't think so. Um, because, I mean, that would be like the same idea with uh, the companies handing out gear. You know, if it's just because it has the company's logo on it, say the, you know, the UPS analogy that Aaron brought up, you know, let's say it was a company's polo with their name on it and his name's on it too. That doesn't technically mean he's an employee. So how would you know for sure that that is an employee of the UPS? It could just be that he got a branded shirt because they were being, you know, they were handing them out at a conference. So unless it's a, 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 you know, like a, a uniform that would be, you know, guaranteed that when you see this person wearing this uniform, this type of clothing, that is a uh, employee of XYZ company. Uh, so I don't think so. Personally, I, I don't believe that that's, that, that should any, that should hold any water in any court. Uh, because there's too many different ways to, you know, you can go out and make a fake police uniform, but that doesn't mean you're a police officer. Just so, completely accidentally, I happen to be wearing a UPS brown shirt tonight. I could, <laughs> I could be mistaken as a UPS See? employee in this. Um, but so I'm going to, I'm going to draw the line somewhere between the two of you. Um, and Seth, I think you, you, you said it really well. You said something like in the execution of their duty. So if the UPS guy, was carrying an Amazon Prime box and stepped out of his truck with the lights flashing in the front and on his way up to the counter to deliver it, uh, called somebody uh, a name, then yes, that's a fireable offense. Um, if or at you, least a write-upable offense. Right. Okay. I don't know if it'd yeah. be fireable. Well, it depends on the, the terms of the contract. Uh, right. it, you know, we said that lots of times. Uh, yeah. So um, if the UPS guy cuts me off in traffic and violates the the traffic laws in in the course of his actions, yes. But to the to the casual observer, um, it's it's one o'clock in the afternoon, and the UPS guy is standing in line at the the restaurant of choice, and he's a, a jerk. There's no difference in that person's mind between that and where he carrying a box and headed up to the counter with a clipboard to be signed. So I, I, I get that from the, the brand management point of view. And you would definitely want to manage that, um, in, in accordance with the, the company policy where, where, you know, you are besmirching the brand. Um, so I understand that point. I'm not entirely sure I buy. That it, it goes with, with the, uh, the argument here with, um, the Facebook guy because he's not, he's not wearing a uniform. He just happens to have an employment listed. And those employment listings are not verified. I could say I work for, you know, Intel. Just because I want to say I work for Intel on my Facebook page doesn't mean I truly work for Intel or, you know, some other company. I've been a bug tester for Microsoft since 1984. See, <laughs> so the 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 point with you know because it's on my Facebook page, it must be true is a fallacy. That's totally fake because anybody can be saying they're from anything. You know, you're gar you're you're going on the idea that that what I say is true when everybody knows that no one is true all the time. You know, everybody lies. But Chris, that's a very slippery slope because if you follow that very far, 
then nobody's liable for anything because they only said it and you don't have any way to prove it. He chose to identify as that. So whether and the fact that he does, I mean, it was what he did was truthful. Therefore, there's some consequences to that action, whether he thought out those consequences or not, though his actions have consequences. Now, again, I'm not saying that this was a fireable offense, but again, if in the same venue you identify affiliation with this group and that is true, then you are, if you break the rules of that group, then there's some punishment that should come your way. Firing, I don't know, you know, something. See, the other thing that I didn't see in the article when I was reading it, um, or even thumbing through it really quick, it doesn't say what his profile settings are. Because was that was that pu- a public post, or was it a post to friends? He replied on somebody else's. Right. So he that. made a comment on uh, somebody, Ford. I forgot her last, their name, actually. So I, Ford something. Um, so he, he, he went into her realm and, and right. so when, when somebody comments on you, you don't, that doesn't automatically friend you. So it, obviously it was public. So, because she was able to look it up. Sure. But that, that would also equate to the same level of, you know, going into the local bar or nightclub and calling someone a slut in this particular case. In my opinion, that's how that would also feel just because, you know, you, you post it online doesn't mean that it, at least in my book, I don't see that as a fireable offense. As an employee or an employer, that's ridiculous. That that'd be like someone coming up to me. You know, let's say we're running a restaurant, and someone came up to me and said, "Hey, well that that person outside of work called me a dirty name." So it's outside of work. It doesn't hold any weight at his job unless his job was managing his Facebook page for money. I don't think it should have been a firing offense. All right, so uh, th- there's there's that argument, and it it, it, it does inter- it's interesting where where we all come down on the side of of the association with the company, um, and what do, what is what is the definition of association with the company? Right? Does it mean uh, um, doing your duty, you know, in the course of your actions. So I, I pose the question to both of you, uh, when you, uh, sign up for work, do you give up some rights? Um, and both of you had different answers to that. My answer is, is yes, you do. Uh, when I am in a, in a certain building wearing a name badge, there are certain things I can't do. I have, I have surrendered those rights as Seth said, for the, for the benefits of being employed. I no longer own my time. There, there is a group of people above me who can de- determine where I go and when I go there. Uh, I don't even get to decide, you know, whether I can drive my own vehicle, right? The, you know, there, there are things like that. There, there are a lot of rights that I've, I have given up. Uh, there's language I can't use. There are actions I can't take. I can't sleep as long as I want to. Um, all within the context of, of losing my job. I can do any of those things I choose to. I'm not, uh, physically prevented from it, but should I do those things, disciplinary action will, will go forth. So it's one of those things we said so many times. It all comes back to what his agreement with the, the company was. Um, and I, I think that, that there's a lot more that isn't being said. And, and that's okay. Uh, we don't need to know the, the details of this story. The idea was to, to talk about what this means. Um, I'm going to move on uh, now to something that Johnny has to say. Uh, Johnny says, and, and this is my paraphrasing, is that he practices separation of work and social media. Uh, it says, Mark, bless your heart. Which, as I said previously, in Southern, that means you're so dumb. Uh, Facebook did not get Michael Nolan filed, fired. Michael Nolan got himself fired. The second he listed his employer as his employer on, on the Facebook link and made a comment that was rude, crude, and socially unacceptable, he got himself fired. I don't list my employer on, face, on my Facebook page because they don't have a right... Excuse me, because they have a right to protect their image. If I say something inappropriate by not responding, they are risking public indignation with their employees' errant behavior. The story does not document the employer's response, but if I employed someone who had posted a public comment that damaged my standing in the world of commerce, I would give them the opportunity to withdraw the comment or remove my name as employer. If the miscreant didn't, yep, I would fire him or her. 
I've often wondered what kind of person uh, posts cruel remarks after inspiring, uplifting videos on YouTube. Probably someone like Michael Nolan. He and others can't hide behind free speech. Yes, I believe in free speech, but I don't believe you have a right to call someone you don't know fat, stupid, immoral, or slander them without any legal, social, or punitive consequences. Mark, you have three daughters. I have two. One of your daughters appears um, in a school or church play. It's shown on YouTube. I obscenely and rudely comment that your daughter did poorly, ruined it. It's an embarrassment to the church or school. Your daughter reads the comment and is shattered, never appearing in another school or church function. I imagine the 375 miles between us would not soon not be enough for me and short enough for you to cause me to regret my posting. You would want to hunt me down and thrash me with an inch of my life. If you couldn't or wouldn't, you would certainly want to, and you would try to correct my errant behavior. I would. I would try to hurt you any way I could. Not because I'm vindictive. No, because I have to protect my child. I can't. I can fight back. She can't. Now, with employers checking out prospective employees, social media links for background checks, anything that is posted is no longer free speech. But instead, it's a public profile of their private life that they released to begin, and they released it to begin with. Anyone would be foolish to brag about drag racing, outrunning a police car, or discussing automobile multiple um, discussing automobile multiple denied accident claims while applying for a delivery position with FedEx or UPS. USPS may be over the road uh, or any other over the road freight hauler. Should Facebook keep them from being hired? Yes, of course. The company has a right to protect themselves from injury. I could go on, but I'm tired. Please don't publish my email address. Of course not. I never would. Um, so, uh, there's a lot to comment on there. Um, you have misread me over the, the four years that I've done the show because I wouldn't respond in that way. Uh, Johnny, if somebody said something mean about my daughters, I would tell my daughters, it's a mean world. Suck it up. Because if you can't handle this, you can't handle living in a mean world. Um, I, I am a meaner father than you are, I guess. Uh, I tell my kids all the time, you, you got, you got the mean parents. I'm sorry that your friends have better parents than I do. Uh, maybe you can go live with them. Uh, so <laughs> in this particular situation, uh, I, I just, I would not respond that way. I, I, I wouldn't blame you, I guess, for responding that way for wanting to hurt somebody. I certainly would if you traveled there and did it, but wanting to is a different thing. Um, and and you talked about, you know, uh, public actions can keep you from getting a job. Absolutely. If your LinkedIn profile is a picture of you, uh, you know, uh, with a joint in your mouth and a 40 in your hand, there's there's a good chance you're not going to get that banker uh, brokerage job that you are hoping for. Uh, these are these are things that the society needs to learn. Uh, it's one of the comments I made uh, on the, the first uh, round of this is that technology is moving faster than society. And, and, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have been the last generation to grow up before every stupid thing I ever did was made public for the world to see. Um, my kids, unfortunately, don't get that benefit. Every stupid thing they do is going to be public for the world to see, uh, especially if they live in Florida. Um, so, you know, I get that. But we have to adjust to that. Society has to adjust to technology just as technology has to adjust to society. You know, and that's just like, you know, not to bring this, the, this little other thought back up, but that's one of the things that, that pushed the Europe or some of the European nations for the right to be forgotten act, which I think is still crap. Um, I don't believe that that should be there. It's a, if it, you put it out there, it's going to be out there. And that's the way it works. Um, Johnny, you know, I have two kids and I, Treat them just like I tell them that Mark treats his, his kids. Uh, you know, yes, there are mean people out there in the world. Yes, it's a, it's not right that they can do, that they do it, but there are mean people everywhere and in every facet of life. So you either need to figure out a way to not ever deal with, you know, people, which that means you're a hermit or living in the woods making bombs like the Unabomber or, you deal with it. You know how to uh, uh, adjust and move on. Uh, it's just silly that it's this whole idea where people, you know, oh, my God, my feelings are hurt. So now the world's going to come to the end. Well, no, it's not going to come to an end. There's still going to be a day tomorrow. There's still going to be, you know, the sun will set. Suck it up. Yeah. And so moving on there's there's a lot more we could say there we've got a couple more things to get to kevin uh uh wait before uh, rick uh says that being offended is a sign of weakness 
Hey guys, I couldn't, uh, I could tell it was a, it was tough for Mark not to say the line about the Linux show that's not about Linux. You may be fighting that one for a while. Habits are tough to break. Regarding last week's rant number one on online commenting, we have entered a time in our society where the greatest sin you commit, can commit is to be, is to offend someone. If anything you do offends another, that seems that, that seems to grant, uh, the offended party card wants to decimate any credibility you have, take anything you own, or destroy anything of value you've created. Being offended is actually a sign of weakness. In Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey said that something said something to the fact that uh, you can't have total control of your circumstances. The only thing you can have total control is, is your reaction to those circumstances. To become offended is to surrender that what little control you have to someone else by allowing, allowing them to dictate your response. It would, this would be bad enough if people who claimed offense actually were offended. But I think that in many cases, people feign outrage in order to get what they feel to be the moral high ground and cash in that carte blanche I mentioned earlier. As you mentioned in the show, we don't have enough details to know what really happened in this case, but it certainly seems like this blogger, writer, whatever, was intentionally targeting the specific commenter just because she could, not out of a true sense of outrage. Welcome back from your break. I'm looking forward to rant number two. So that's a common thread that uh, that you see these days is the the uh, the the American pastime of being offended, <laughs> the or the about the ability to sue. To get your whatever you want, uh, that's been around for a long time too. And and that's okay. Well, I'll move on to the next one because it dovetails in with what Kevin uh, points out that we shouldn't ignore the the quote victim in this situation either. Hello, gentlemen. I love the show. I'm new to the name. Uh, I like the new name, but I still have to think about it when I see it. The man who lost his job for commenting on his personal account. My thought is that we should not. He should not have been fired. Maybe he should not have said what he did. The the woman I feel was wrong in pointing out his comments to his employer. I think his employer overreacted by firing him. A reprimand, perhaps. With all that being said, without seeing the whole of the Facebook post, it's just hard to know if any of it was justified. And, and he says, I've sent you a couple of messages in the past, and I get a chuckle when you try to pronounce my name. It's made up using the first two letters from my first, middle, and last name. He's a uh, Kalian. Uh, is is the way I'm pronouncing it these days in the in the uh, chat room. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> so these these two sort of tie in together. One is that um, being offended is is a is a national pastime, and being vindictive follows right along behind it. Uh, and so Kevin uh, believes, and and I think Rick, I can read into what you said too, that that uh, Miss Ford had no right to to publicly out this guy. I, I can't, I'm not sure I agree with that. Um, because he outed himself by making that information publicly available and by going on her public space and being an idiot. So I, I, I don't see in this particular case that you're right, but certainly that does happen elsewhere. What do you guys think? Go ahead, Seth. I'll let you go first. Okay. I was going to say from reading what I, re what I remember reading about it, it's not like she threatened to call down fire and brimstone upon the apartment company. She just merely said, Hey, does this apartment company realize that this guy did this? So, and then it doesn't appear as if she did anything else. I personally don't have a problem with that. And then the part, the apartment company, you know, Hey, we suspended the guy while we look into this. Okay. I mean, I can understand that. And then, um, we think he should be fired. He's out of here really i mean there had to be something else so it doesn't appear as if she was going after them it's just like hey she was attacked she defended herself you know and so i don't really have a problem with what she did because it doesn't appear that you know she was trolling the apartment company to make sure they made an example of him she just pointed it out and then social hysteria being what it is these days uh you know gave it a life that gave it a life of its own and the apartment company did everything they could to look good in the situation chris your thoughts i just have a hard time believing that you know i mean granted we are giving a very small snapshot of this particular instance um I just can't believe that, you know, yes, he, he was a troll for being, you know, saying those words to somebody, but I can't believe that the, the apartment complex fired him off of just this one offense. Um, there's got to be a lot more to the story. And I, I don't know. Right. And so, the, 
you know, that's one of those things where you got to look at uh, this is um, poor acting and, and malpractice all the way around. So here's a woman who has built her career out of, out of being incendiary. And when somebody uh, reacts to who her, uh, her incendiary posts, um, her persona, right? She, she responds to it. Uh, I, I, anybody who goes on in a public forum and makes uh, um, statements of any kind is going to get lambasted. I mean, I get regular hate mail um, uh, for my comments on this show. I don't share them with you because. They, those people don't need the the light of day shined upon them, and I think that that's how the 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 lady should have reacted in this situation. But it served her cause better to to point it out, uh, to to get a little because now there's there's been at least one news article and at least two podcasts about this, and probably a lot yep. more. So she she was playing a little uh, little PR game there by by calling down some consequences, um, and yes the so so she is is a mal actor here the the Michael Dolan is a is a mal actor we all agree on that um, and the the appointment management company is probably a mal actor for overreacting but there's also a whole lot we don't know so that makes. Um, I've forgotten even who posted the original article. Uh, let me go look. Anyway, the, the the article, the person who wrote the article, um, the Daily Beast, that makes them a mal actor also for not giving us the information. They clearly wrote a story that that they wanted to deliver a certain message. Right. Um, they 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 called the they one two three four five the eight um, word headline was designed to convey the story uh that gets tweeted people don't even bother to read the story uh because they they have everything they need to know uh he called her a name he got fired that's that's the uh uh sanitized headline so there's there's bad acting all the way around here and i'm going to put ourselves in that because we are making judgment calls based on limited information so we are too are bad actors in this situation so you know, there's plenty of, of blame to go around, but what I think is fascinating about this is it illustrates, as I said earlier, how unprepared our society is for where we are. We still have uh, social rules that were created around the campfire, um, and we have laws that were created, you know, only slightly better uh, sooner than that, um, and we're trying to apply them to technology that was invented five years ago. Uh, and and the rules just don't apply. The campfire rules of engagement don't apply online. There are no consequences for the troll around the campfire. The troll gets a hot stick thrown at him, um, right. or at least pushed away from the fire where he gets cold. Um, there are, there are consequences in a social context like that. Online, they don't exist. In our age and older, if if there was an altercation, it came to blows, and then that was the end of it. So now it exists in the ether for all time and it can never end because a year later somebody stumbles upon the thread and flames it back up and the two people can never be friends and never get past it because they're ensconced in time has these vile people clashing heads trying to destroy the fabric of society. Right. So from now on, every time Michael Nolan applies for a job that doesn't involve a hairnet, uh, somebody's going to do a search on his name. And they're going to find this article. Um, and so Miss Clementine Ford did more damage than, than just simply, Hey, I wonder if no, she knew what she was doing. That was a calculated PR move designed to, to take a certain action. And it worked. Um, he got fired. He, he lost his livelihood. He lost uh, a great deal of ability to have livelihood in the future. And she got another, you know, uh, a bronze star for having, uh, you know, trolled the troll. See, the other thing, I don't know if you guys clicked through to, to get to the Mashable link, um, but it actually, it, she puts a, some screen caps of what the image, you know, the of what was put up there. It's a single word post. It's a single word post. Really? <laughs> I mean, that's just unreal that a single word, and I wonder how many other single word posts did they get brought up? Did they get their employer notified, or was it just this one guy? 
that she decided to ruin. You know, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, then, and later she, she, she edited her comment and basically said, I, I wasn't being vindictive, but then the more I thought about it, the more I wanted to be vindictive. I'm, I'm paraphrasing her words, uh, that it's not fair for him to have no consequences. Is it also fair for you to lose your livelihood over a single word in a public forum? Yeah, I think, I think he should sue her back for, um, declamation of character. Well, it's it's kind of hard to defame somebody's character by saying what they said. Uh, you know, uh, I, but, I also I want to get back to uh, something I had forgotten about the difference between online and in person. You know, U.S. law and I'm sure other international laws recognize that difference as well in the terms of slander and libel. So slander is something you say, libel is something you write. So we do have um, a legal codification that online is different than or, or that in person is different than in print. Um, and when you say something uh, online, it, it follows the rules of libel. So there is a difference. But I think in this case, it's a it's a distinction without a difference. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, he wasn't tried in court for either slander or libel. That law doesn't apply here. He was summarily dismissed, we think, maybe, according to the way that um, the, the article, the original article on the Daily Beast was written. That's what we are led to believe. I really honestly think this was probably the third or fourth or fifth strike. I hope that. I, my my faith in America wants me to believe that that's the case. Well, I think it, well, it wasn't even American. It was a yeah, this is Australia. um, Australian. Uh, Australian. But man. I live in America. So it's right. still my faith in America makes me believe want to believe that. Well, the question now, I wonder if that would actually uh, what would happen in the United States if this actually happened? Would would the same thing have happened or would it just not happen and people would just tell everyone to get over it oh no it it would be it would be fire and brimstone on him he should be drawn drawn quartered castrated executed flogged and then she <laughs> she should get a book deal a speaking engagement and her own talk show is so unfortunately that's that's how our society is and that's sad i you agree know, that's very sad It's just, yeah. There, there's, there's just, there's badness all around. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Um, it, it's not right for a man to spew hate without consequence. It's also not right for a a man to lose his job for expressing an opinion that is legally protected. The, these are the two takeaways that I come from this, that I get from this. Right. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you on that. You know, the punishment should fit the crime. And here, the punishment did not fit this crime. But again, we don't know. If it was the straw that broke the camel's back, well, it is what it is, as you see online a lot these days. Right. There's a lot more we could say about that, but I don't know that we're actually going to cover any new ground. Um, I think that's we've we've covered this from all sides. We've pointed the blame at all sorts of people, uh, and there, there's clearly no winner and and no loser in this uh, situation. I'm not even willing to call Michael Nolan a loser um, because he, you know he may very well have deserved what he got. I just don't know. Yeah, um, and there's no way for us to know unless we get you know. Unless there were the actual information was given to us from both his point of view, her point of view, and the business point of view. Just- and it, as you click several links into this original Daily Beast article, you, you see that the different sto- newspapers did different things, and they're all pulling stuff off of his Facebook page. Used to, there's a picture of him there with no shirt on, looking pretty ripped, uh, that I'm guessing he didn't submit voluntarily to uh the uh the newspaper um so that that's another thing of of every time you go to you know you you read watch a news story or or read a, an article online uh there's there's this supporting uh, file footage right and it's here lately it comes from clips of twitter and facebook and and the the internet uh, in this case the media is the internet uh can use your your public pronouncements to build a case against you 
Um, and that's not news. Um, uh, I mean, that's not new, nor is it news. But news uh, outlets have been trying people in the case, in the court of public opinion for as long as there have been newspapers. And even before that, uh, grung, uh, uh, grunting around the waterhole to grog uh, would have used, you know, hear what grog said. Um, th- this is the way humans work. Now it's just easier. And, and we go back to Rick's... Uh, point uh no it was uh johnny's point about what you put online is going to be used against you i I often say uh, every time we have a guest on the show um when i start the recording i say we are now live anything you say can and will be used against you by the internet uh and that's a little joke but it's also true anything you say can and will be used against you by the internet you need to understand that when you go online that's what it is um, so when you're posting that goofy, you know, hey, here's me looking funny uh, page uh, where I'm, you know, pretending to punch my sister in the face, that's going to turn up later as a, a known uh, spouse abuser because it's somebody with the same last name as you and you've got a fist made. You know, that's a weird example I just came up with. But that sort of stuff happens all the time. So the the real moral of this story is be hyper vigilant about what you do online because the consequences are greater and the reach is is greater uh, online than it is in the real world. When you it's turn twenty five, have plastic surgery and get your name changed and start <laughs> new accounts and move somewhere else. Yeah. And and just, you know and he's uh, looking at that picture. He's not much older than that himself, um, right? And so he's he's still young. And and I don't want people to judge me. I'm 43 years old. I don't want people to judge me for what I did when I was 23. Okay? Right. Um, I'm not that man. I'm not that boy. That wasn't even a man. Uh, so uh, at some point, there has to be a statute of limitations on stupidity. And the, the great Googleplex allows that statute of limitations to be infinite. Well, that's where we need to have some personal limitation or not just limitations but you know where we look at the picture and go okay that or that post that was done eight years ago maybe it doesn't hold any water but that's still a conversation that needs to happen between say an employer and an an employer and a prospective employee you know hey that post was you know six weeks ago what's going on or hey that post was seven years ago are you still like that yeah, I every it's it's an election year in the U.S. and so we see this all the time. Uh, I remember back when when uh, George uh, W. Bush was running, um, media outlets were making a big deal out of the fact that he was a drunk in college. Well, I'm not electing 24 year old frat boy George W. Bush. I'm electing you know 44 year old whatever, uh, 50 whatever mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, and the you know the same uh, when when Obama was running, uh, people made a big deal about the fact that his mom was was not the most upright person. I don't want people to judge me based on what my mom is or was. Um, we we we. But the thing is, what used to be the domain of presidents is now the everyman. And that's what you need to, that's the lesson. I, I've, I've just revised my lesson. All right. The kind of scrutiny that used to be reserved for famous people and presidents and important people is now available and, and ready to be used on you, the Joe, everybody, every, every man. Um, and that's terrifying. It is. I Very. personally would not want to be, you know, growing up in high school right now, looking forward, looking at the, uh, you know, long future ahead of me with all the stupid things that I see all these high schoolers put up, that's going to come back and bite so many people. And it's, it's sad that we can't let bygones be bygones and words not hurt people for millions of dollars of their life or their livelihood. All right. I don't, I I don't want to keep beating this horse. It's, it's dead enough. It has now actually been been butchered and filleted and is a nice tartare. Uh, <laughs> we, we need to let it go. Uh, we are uh, almost an hour in, so I'm going to let us do one story, and it's a follow-up on the Fortinet story because you know it's just sort of more of the same the the uh secret back door in uh in Fortinet hardware. Uh they said they fixed it. Um turns out maybe not so much. Well, yeah, and you know, and here's the thing, they were so um, 
you know, authoritative. This was an unused feature in these particular products and we removed it a while back and it hasn't been around anywhere. And now all of a sudden, oh, wait a minute, guys, not only is it still around, it's also in all these other products and it's still here. So once again, they're proving they're either their incompetence or their, I don't know, negligence or everything. So it's just, you know, we talked about this before about how there's a code that allows people in. And this isn't something that sets in the middle, you know, encrypted in your layer under all these layers of hardened defenses. Fortinet is the device that you put to protect you from the outside world. And oh, by the way, there's this open door that's available to the outside world for anyone to get into. So if you're running Fortinet, you know, maybe you should go buy a little blue Linksys router or something and put between it and Fortinet just to make sure you're protected. Yeah. And, and the, the, the thing here to remember is, is the Fortinet has acted very badly as a company. This is a, a show all about bad actors. Um, <laughs> they put a hard coded backdoor into their system. That's a pretty bad idea. Um, when it was found out, they denied that it was there. That's a pretty bad idea. Then when they uh, owned up to it, they said, oh, but it was unused and there's no evidence that it's ever been used and it's only in this line of products. Uh, and then people started uh, searching and found that, no, it's actually in a whole bunch of different lines of products and you knew about it. Uh, you know, it's been around for more than two years and you're saying that you can't close holes in software that you made uh, to fix a bug that you knew about. Um, and, and their response to it is, well, it was never intended to be mean. <laughs> what <laughs> you know that's, that's one of those double triple take and you look at the guy strange and cross-eyed and go huh i didn't mean <laughs> to spend four hundred dollars on shots in the bar and then get behind the wheel of my car and kill someone so therefore it's okay because i didn't right. mean to do it it just yeah. happened it's life you know we're <laughs> doing the best we can is this going to affect my bonus come on guys not really so uh, the uh, this new article on Ars Technica lists one, two, three, four, five, six different versions of the software that um, are still alive in the wild. They did this by scanning for the the response on live machines on the internet, um, and Fortinet is still just kind of saying. No, no, we're not listening. No, no. That's, that's the response to this. Uh, it was never meant to be mean. It's not a hack. It's a, it's a feature. It's not a bug. It's a feature. Well, yeah. the feature of me ripping out all of your hardware and buying new, uh, is, is, is going to be happening very soon too. But, but where do you go? Right. You can't go to Cisco because they're just as bad. Um, Juniper, they're just yeah. as bad. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Linux, you're going to build your own. Well, guess what? There's a, Flaw in Linux has been around yes. for years and it hasn't been fixed yet either. Don't so use SSH on it because then Heartbleed is. <laughs> yeah. um, the only thing you can do is just get a pair of scissors and cut the wire between yourself <laughs> and the outside world and then you will be protected. So, right. I have told people, clients over the years, there is no such thing as network security. You either have security or you have a network. Pick one. <laughs> That's so true. It's sad. And and most people choose to have a network mm-hmm. and and risk the security thing. But there is no such thing as network security. It doesn't exist. You either have security or you have a network. Uh, good stuff. Uh, this was th- uh, I thank you all for for giving me what was that uh, one two three four five six seven different pieces and like fifty minutes of content just off of what you guys had to say. That's awesome. I, I love that. And I think what we what we're hoping to do is sort of round out each one of these uh, theme months if we actually end up continuing that with your feedback. So we'll instead of a little here and a little there, we'll uh, bundle them all up and have a feedback show. I really like that idea. Uh, but I need you to feedback and uh, the number one way to do that at least right now is go to elementop.com click the contact us button at the top of the page and uh, that opens a form uh, after you answer one of the simplest captures on the planet um, and it, that will uh, get send an email that gets priority in my inbox so you can call 559 I am as both the door and uh, the former fat guy did uh, and uh, play that on the uh, record that voicemail and we'll play it on the air or you can use the, the Zcast app now in the Play Store. I check that for comments. 
Uh, so all sorts of ways to contact us. Also, you can send an email to geekrant at elementop.com. Lest you think I am filtering your emails, that goes to all three of us at once. So if you want to uh, slam Seth without me um, being his bodyguard, you can do that there. Um, so we we really we we thrive on your comments, both good and bad, um, positive and negative. Uh, a bad comment is you know one word that doesn't tell us anything. So we don't actually thrive yeah, I might on get bad you comments. fired if you do that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> We thrive on on comments, both positive and negative, because, you know, I'm a big boy. I can take it. Uh, so let us know what you think. Uh, and now, Seth, what happened this week in history? Okay, we are going way back in the history time machine here to January 21st of 1888. The Babbage Analytical Engine passes the first test. Um, you know, everybody who had computer literacy, at least in our age bracket, heard about the Babbage analytical engine. So the analytical engine of Charles Babbage was never completed in his lifetime, but his son, Henry Provost Babbage, built the mill portion of the machine from his father's drawings and on January 21st, 1888, computed multiples of pi to prove the adequacy of the design. And this perhaps represents the first successful test of a portion of a modern computer. Recently, a portion of his earlier machine, the Difference Engine, was sold at auction of Christie's or by Christie's of London. So, um, you know, anyway, that happened this day in history. You know, computers didn't just spring up overnight. You know, we didn't walk out on the ground and say, what's this we tripped over? There's a long development to get us to this place to where technology now moves too fast for us to keep up with morally. And that was a mechanical analog machine. Nothing, nothing like a computer you would know today. Um, if you turned the right knob, it would punch a paper or, or whatever, however that worked, uh, as was the difference engine. And then later on, uh, Alan Turing's machine, uh, these were all gears and, and springs and knobs. Uh, but the computer, as you said, had to start somewhere. Cool stuff. Very cool. Uh, okay. I think that's all I'm going to say. So let's move on to, uh, I was just trying to decide if there's anything else. Uh, Seth, do your uh, show closing spectacular. What do you have this week to lower my productivity so that you look like a better hiring option? Okay. Well, before, I just want to remind people that next week kicks off financial February. So what kind of financial stuff do you want us to talk about? Otherwise, we got about two shows, you know, worth of stuff. But anyway, what do you want to hear? Um and then, you know, some feedback as we go on. But I was my web- do that later, but okay. Well, we can do it again. Very-obvious.site. <laughs> uh, this is a site full of very obvious facts. For example, for the telephone, if your telephone is ringing, probably someone is calling you. If you are driving a car, very probably you are inside of the car. You know, maybe if you're a redneck, this doesn't apply. But um, anyway. In a baseball very- team, there's no need for a goalkeeper. There you go. And there's if multiple tomorrow, pages of this. If tomorrow is Sunday, then today is Saturday. Good stuff. If you need some obviousness, very-obvious.site. Dot .site is a top-level domain? I guess. Huh. That's Looks a, like you know, a Google any, play page. Anything can be a top-level domain now. Remember, they opened that up a couple of years ago. Proudly powered by WordPress. All right. What do you know? That's it's very obvious. So as Seth said, next week uh, the the theme is uh, finances, and not just how to get out of debt and why you're a bad person if you use a credit card. Uh, not just that. That'll be in there. Uh, but uh, Seth's been doing quite a bit of research on Bitcoin, and uh, we'll be talking about uh, you know any number of different finance related things as they relate to technology, as they relate to geekdom. You know, should you spend eight hundred dollars on uh, episode uh, or uh, yeah, episode one of a uh, X-Men comic, you know, probably not. Um, but these are things that we'll talk about. Why the Powerball is not a valid financial uh, planning uh, for your future. You know, things like that. Cool. Actually, if you had, I forget the numbers, but if you had 350 or so million dollars to spend on the billion dollar Powerball, you, you could get the odds up high enough by buying, you know, 350 million consecutive numbers that your odds of winning were about the same as the typical stock market, stock market purchase over the long term. Uh, but then there's the issue of splitting it with people. So you spent 300 million and two other people got the same number. You break even. 
but if you are very, very, very rich, the power, the lottery can actually be a reasonable uh, investment. If you could buy every possible permutation of tickets, you're guaranteed to win. Right. There you go. <laughs> I don't even, how would you even do that? Because you you can't buy them you, online. You'd have yeah, to hire you'd people. you have to buy them in person. Yeah, it's have to hire a time impossible. of people across the the globe or the the country to stand in line twenty four hours a day buying tickets. Yeah, that's a scary thought. So you would have to do it. I don't know, but anyway, yeah, they said it's physically impossible to do that, um, just because of how long it takes to you know, because you would have to manually select the tickets, so you have to manually fill in the, you know like these the Scantron form. Imagine doing that 300 million times. That's a lot. So. All right. Okay. So that, that's, uh, that's not what we're going to talk about in one of the shows. Probably not, but maybe, cause that would be interesting. Uh, maybe an episode on outlandish ways to, to make money, uh, followed by sensible ways as Mark Twain, the best way to double your money is to fold it over and put it back in your pocket. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, this has been uh, the uh, third slash 224th version <laughs> episode of Geek Rant. Uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Chris, Seth, as always, thank you for being the great hosts that you are. Listener, you. Yes, you. Thank you for, be- for being the great listener that you are. All that we ask for you, other than donating to us thousands of dollars, which was, you know, that's that's pseudo. Go and do that. That's the first thing you need to do. Secondly, tell everybody you know about this cool podcast that you like, and maybe they'll like it, too. So uh, that is pseudo also go and tell other people about it. So thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you next week because that ends this episode of The Geek Rant. Geek Rant.